0: And so we thought it would be a good moment to start combining uh, all these tools in a nice, you know, a a unified packet.
1: When you need to interact with such uh, a system, it needs to be uh, easy, and uh, we believe we can make
0: make it easy. And so those tools are also part of what we consider engineering productivity because you just spend less time Figuring out where stuff
1: is. They use internally to exactly do the same. They provide one uniform interface that directs their engineers towards all the tools they're using.
2: Hey everyone, welcome to the BOL.com Tech Lab podcast. We share our experience with you, peaking behind the screens of IT and tech in general at BOL.com the largest e-commerce platform in the Netherlands and Belgium. We are sharing our approach to IT, e-commerce and retail platforms. The hosts of the show, Peter Paul van der Beek and Peter Brouwers.
3: Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, so around five months ago, we were pointed by one of our listeners to an interesting topic. And then we kind of started around uh, asking questions, hey, who's actually using uh, this tool? And uh, because we were mentioned as one of the adopters by, uh, uh, by the creator of this tool and we found the engineers working on it. But they said, oh, let's prepare a little and uh, we're checking how we're going to roll this out uh, within Bold.com. And today they're here with us. So I'm very looking forward to it. And uh, they're also going to show us a little about uh, what problem they're going to solve or trying to solve using the tool and uh,
4: how to do that. So very interested in this. Yeah. So now the question is, what is the topic? Uh, yeah. After three weeks of uh, non-productivity, uh, it's it's a good moment to start with uh, with an episode about engineering productivity. So I, I had a three-week period of holiday and uh, so non-productivity. And uh, the subject uh, Peter Paul is referring to is uh, is the backstage uh, product in that. Uh, but in general, it's uh, it's about engineering productivity, and uh, we are going to talk about that with uh, the two guests of the show. So uh, Peter Paul. Time to introduce them.
3: Yeah, so we have two uh, two people who really uh, love to help the engineers uh, with their productivity in uh, in bold.com. So we have uh, Roy Jacobs, who's a software engineer in the technical platform. One of the, the, the early listeners of the podcast, eh, remember from, <laughs> he thought it was episode five, but then he joined us uh, talking about Excel, which is also, yeah, we couldn't call it a framework, eh, but it's. It's an opinionated way, just as Spring Boot is an opinionated way of using uh, Spring, this is an opinionated way of using Spring in ball.com uh, but listen to that episode. I can't explain all the details here, of course. And then we have uh, Ono Selen, is a product manager on the technical platform. And uh, yeah, welcome to the show, uh, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, great that you're here. Hey, yeah, just to, to check in with you, why is engineering uh, productivity so important for you in your role?
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> who are you asking? No, that, that's, uh, so let, let me start. So it's always in an organization that, uh, and especially in our case, with hundreds of teams that you need to, to optimize uh, for their uh, daily work. And um, uh, to prevent uh, those teams doing uh, things multiple times or uh, uh, having several teams reinventing the wheel, that's all that you don't want. So standardization is, uh, is very uh, important, but also providing the tools uh, and, the, and the dashboards and the means to, to be uh, optimal, optimally performing is something uh, uh, pretty important.
0: Yeah, and especially now the organization has been growing a lot in the last years. And originally when Bold.com was a bit smaller, then you could just go and find the person responsible for a certain tool and you would just ask them. But now we're at a certain size where that becomes more and more difficult. And also all of the different tools that we have becomes quite tricky for an engineer to keep in his head all of the different ways you can interact with our platform Um, And so we thought it would be a good moment to start combining uh, all these tools in a nice, you know, a a unified package. So provide uh, a single platform for everyone instead of a fragmented platform.
3: Exactly. So, yeah, you're
0: stating a little, hey, we're we're
3: providing all kinds of tools for them, but it's kind of hard to find all these tools. Uh, So we need a, a directory or whatever. To, to find it. But uh, it's looking a little uh, too much ahead, I think, for now. Let's, let's first dive into uh, engineering productivity. In,
0: in your uh, view, what is engineering uh, productivity? To us, it's uh, really making sure that engineers can spend their time on adding the value for uh, in their service. So if you're working as an engineer in logistics, for instance, then what you really want to spend your time on is making really cool new uh, logistics features for our customers or our partners. And um, the time you are spending on doing infrastructure work is time that you're not Yeah, indirectly, it's also contributing to your logistics, of course, but it's typically not the time uh, best spent for those engineers because those engineers have joined the company because they're excited about logistics or shopping or front-end development, <laughs> it doesn't matter what, what they're interested in, but they're not necessarily infrastructure engineers. Now, some of them are, and, and we definitely have those people as well who really like um, doing deep dives into infrastructure and configuration management and all that kind of thing. But we're kind of leaving those other engineers, uh, they're struggling sometimes. And, um, Engineering productivity is really about bridging that gap.
1: Yeah, I, I echoed that, and um, so it's it's really about help helping those uh, engineers um, uh, building their their services, uh, deploying their services without doing uh, things over and over again, right? It's really helping them to to make that that those things that you need to do over and over again because they're course always there to make that as easy as possible
4: can you, can you give an example for that
1: uh, for example uh setting up a, a new project and uh, setting up a new project is not something you do every day um, but when you do it, it it just needs to be easy you don't want to deal with all kinds of firewall rules or low level infrastructure uh, uh, setup uh, i think of uh of our runtime of kubernetes for example it's it's uh, it's a complex environment And especially if you're not spending uh, every day in such an environment, when you need to interact with such uh, a system, it needs to be uh, easy. And uh, we believe we can make make it easy.
0: Yeah, good analogies. Maybe also uh, last time I was on the podcast, I talked about Excel. So that's our Spring Boot framework. But that also came about because we wanted to make a framework where if you are a Java developer and you don't really care about all of the details about I don't know, connecting with a the database, then Excel will just give you the, the nice defaults. And without knowing what you're doing, you still get a, a very robust product in the end. Um, and we actually want to do the same kind of thing for the infrastructure. So if, you, if you're someone who doesn't really care about the details, then you'll get really nice defaults. But if you are someone who wants to experiment with new things, then you can opt out of those defaults and do something that, we might also not know how it works, but at least we don't want to block you from experimenting.
1: And I think uh, Roy is mentioning a really interesting point eh, that you can opt out. So that also makes uh, the layer of what we call an engineering productivity really optional. And of course, uh, we are opinionated on on the fact that we we are running a data centers and cloud providers and uh, things of those uh, those sorts. Um, but building all kinds of things on top is, is, is really optional. Uh, there are mandatory rules that we, that we uh, oblige to, uh, imposed by regulations, uh, law, that kind of things. But there are, there are also more, let's say, domain-specific opinionated uh, defaults that are, that we uh, commonly think are, are good things, but might be in the way for yeah, what we call tech savvy engineers who want to experiment. And so opting in means um, the tools that we are talking about in this podcast are really also optional to use.
3: Exactly. So so the engineers, eh, if they want to go for, let's say, mm. uh, let's say our default stack, they, they, then they can uh, use the tools you provide and they do that really fast because they don't have to think about a lot of plumbing that they would have to do if your tools weren't there. But if, for example, for some other reason they have uh, I don't know more productivity because they I don't know, use Apache NiFi or so. Then they have to create their own infrastructure for that, and they can opt out of the the stuff you provide and and go with the tools they choose because that will suit them in another way, which gives them even more productivity. That would still be the case, right? Yeah.
1: Awesome. And yeah, and also if also in terms of new uh, components provided by a cloud prov- uh, provider. Yeah, so imagine something new is uh, released. Yeah, um, that's not something we can immediately make uh, general available to all our engineers. But still, you want to explore, you want to experiment, and you want to figure out if those things solve the problems you're facing from a technical perspective. So we will allow and will enable teams to, uh, to experiment there. But again, if it's, if it's getting interesting to, let's say, the mainstream or to, uh, to a large share of our, our teams, Uh, we will definitely
0: invest in making
1: those components available in an easy way.
0: And additionally, um, we also want to make it easier to work within our landscape. So, setting aside all of the the infrastructure, um, there's also the question of, okay, I just want to know which service processes orders, for instance. That's That's quite a reasonable question to have. But right now, you cannot search across APIs, for instance, in our landscape. So you basically have to go to every service, take a look at the API that it provides, and then hopefully at some point you end up with the right service that provides the API you're interested in. Uh, Or documentation, we have lots of documentation platforms. Um, It would be nice if you could search across multiple documentation platforms. And so those tools are also part of what we consider engineering productivity because you just spend less time figuring out where stuff is or maybe duplicating efforts that is already being done somewhere else. Things like that. And just to to have an idea, do we measure our uh,
3: engineering uh, productivity or do we just have an idea because we go larger and complexer and we think it's so down or do we actually measure
1: it? yeah, we we do have some uh, qualitative measures, uh, and we definitely want to uh, to make a step towards more quantitative measures to really understand how uh, users are interacting with the the platform and where actually we need to uh, to optimize or where we have the opportunity to optimize. But one thing we are sure is that uh, man, that is the 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 qualitative uh, feedback that we get. Um, is that it, it's 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 taking time. Changes are sometimes disruptive to to the teams. Uh, the lead times uh, of enabling the components uh, from our cloud provider, for example, take uh, take time, um, and that is of course not the mode you want to have with uh, with the platform team.
4: So, what, what do we see inside and maybe also outside Ball. Com as a as a healthy? Uh, distribution over working on the code for the innovation you want to work on and spending time on uh, this infrastructure layer on or finding out what APIs to use and where the documentation is, what what would be a healthy distribution? Uh,
1: That's for me hard to say, but what what I've seen one company uh, which uh, inspired me, who really said it should be zero. And they said it should be, so um, uh, spending time on operations and and, uh, maintenance and and, uh, it should be zero. And of course that's not a realistic uh, goal, but aiming for the least uh, uh, possible, that is of course a great great, uh, goal. Because that means you can spend uh, a lot of your time on innovation.
4: Okay, so that's an interesting... um um uh, goal to set to set uh so then you know uh, uh where to, where to work on right
1: yeah so more realistically so if if we are if we're seeing um uh, times needing a week to get started on a new cloud project um there we have set really uh, clear key results to uh, drive that to uh, to a one day uh, that people will spend so that's more uh, qualitative uh, key results uh, that we're aiming for.
4: Yeah, so so uh, how we asked the question: Do we measure this in general? And that's something we don't do yet. But what you say is, we turn it around and say, for specific tasks, we know how long it takes uh, in uh, in in average nowadays, and and how we can shorten yeah. that that period. So that yeah. that's a that's a good one to know. Yeah.
3: Awesome. Hey, and and, and from your perspective, because we're not uh, yet at the phase where we're measuring uh, the engineering what what parts do we really want to influence of the of the productivity? So we must have an idea based on the qualitative measures where, where the bottlenecks are. And I think that these are the things that
0: we are trying to influence. Is that correct? And, and what are these points? Yes, so what we really want to improve is the, like the initial provisioning, like we just mentioned. So you're starting with a new service, you're setting up a database. Those are typically the things that you do once at the start of your project, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, the rest of the the time is being spent on day-to-day tasks. And these are small numbers probably. So again, we haven't measured everything, but they are small numbers, but they add up over time. So one of the things we have in our landscape, Are lots of different tools that help developers do their job, right? So you have CI CD tools that uh, do, do builds and that do deployments. You have logging tools, you have metric tools, but those tools aren't really aware of each other. So if I need to figure out where my metrics are, then I have to spend a little bit of time figuring out what the name of my service is in the metric platform. And if I want to go to the logging, then hopefully it uses the same. Uh, name for my service, uh, but it might be slightly different. And if you if you are spending a lot of time within ball.com, then this becomes second nature, of course. But if you're uh, an engineer that has uh, only recently joined, or if you're trying to, uh, let's say you're a software engineer on duty at night, and you're trying to debug a production issue of a service that you haven't seen before, then it would really help if those things are standardized as well. And that's I think where we're also going to see quite a lot of gains. and these gains are yeah difficult to measure, I would say, but they would would hopefully make the the daily you know the daily operational tasks much more streamlined as well.
3: so so there it's really about removing friction there is in 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 the, in the just not going through a smooth path uh, but just taking small bumps every time uh, that's that's mostly the yes. case, I guess.
0: yeah. Because, of course, you know, if we would have a lot of friction within our company, then we would not be able to innovate as it is right now. So so these are not major problems. Um, but it would really um, I think help teams also uh, innovate more quickly if they just they're aware of of all of the tools that are present because that's also a thing. That's a bit lacking now. Like discoverability of everything that the platform provides, everything that uh, other teams might be doing in, or- in order to improve their way of working. Uh, if that becomes more visible, uh, that also I think would help engineers, you know, improve their own service. And-
3: yeah, I want to add to the things, so to the things you were mentioning. So, looking at the engineers in my Team, I did uh, a made an overview in in May, and one third of them is less than a year with us. So the chance that they already have seen all of the tools that we're having, yeah, it's not that big. And so they probably have just seen the tools uh, that the other members in the in the use already, but how are they going to learn about the other ones? And I think that that's one of the the challenges that we're trying to tackle here, is that correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, But it's also related to basically the way of working, uh, as Roy was mentioning. So I think of just DevOps, Uh, the the names, uh, the abbreviation says it already, it's it's also the operational part. And with the whole shift towards doing DevOps and taking some of the operational responsibilities, you, you need to be in control as a team. Yeah, so today already teams have their dashboards and they they are they are seeing response times and of course uh, um, that is all, all nice uh, already but like roy says there's a lot more than just a grafana dashboard on response times there's also uh, are you in control of your backups uh reliability with the introduction of uh, sre um is a whole topic apple.com so there's, there's such a lot more to being to be in control as a DevOps team, uh, that we believe we can uh, provide through this uh, this uh, uh, dashboard or portal. Yeah,
3: interesting.
4: Yeah, so n- now you're making the step, right? So uh, we have this tension. We on the one hand we say, okay, the the, the development teams should be uh, you call DevOps uh, in the past, we called it uh, you build it, you run it, you love it. Take this ownership, but to, to be able to you you have to know all that stuff. Uh, it. Uh, but this gives the extra uh, work for the team that uh, that cannot be spent on innovation, so on functionality. Doing it with a centralized team in in the past with operations that doesn't scale, so that that's also not the option. So what is the option for this? And, and now you make the the switch. Uh, the yeah. The solution you you mentioned was uh, the portal. Uh, can you explain what uh, what you mean with that, Onno?
1: Yeah, uh, certainly. So. What we have seen Spotify do is is create a backstage. And backstage is a a portal solution uh, combined with a lot of functionality that they use internally to exactly do the same. eh? Provide one uniform interface that directs their engineers towards all the tools they are using. And then think of tools like uh, GitHub, Uh, think of tools like Grafana that was mentioned. Uh, or uh, uh, functionality exposed by uh, by the cloud uh, provider, having that all in one uniform interface, and when i say uniform, uh, uh, I say uh, looking the same, behaving the same, uh, and interact this uh, providing the same interaction uh, way to interact with that uh, that platform. Um, They have seen the opportunity to really open source this and and provide it to a wider community and are now seeing a lot of customers globally to adopt uh, uh, that open source backstage uh, solution. And and we are uh, uh, seeing the same opportunities to to, uh, adopt um, such a solution to really solve the problems that we have been talking about uh, so far in
4: this uh, podcast. right. So this is the 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 solution we saw with uh, with spotify uh roy i think you were one of the uh, engineers in bulletcom that saw this solution and and said this is something we can use as well Um, Uh, yes so um i think
0: spotify so they started with an internal system so they before they open sourced it they just use it themselves and they they created this because they were running into the same scaling issues that we were running into so lots of different tools Really hard for developers to figure out what's going on, and um, they made a point of saying, okay, as an engineer, what you should be doing is you should be writing code. You you are using another tool maybe to uh, do a deployment or whatever. The rest you all do in uh, backstage. And um, er early last year, I was also thinking about, okay, I'm I'm seeing the same kind of issues in our platform, and. how can we solve this? And then there's, there was this announcement by Spotify, like, hey, we have this tool, start using it. Uh, I think we're the first one, first company in the, in the list of adopters <laughs> on their website. because <laughs> we, I immediately jumped uh, on it, but it's not just having this tool, right? Because you can have a tool and that's going to be very nice, but everyone, like the entire organization, <laughs> needs to change in order to work with this tool because just adding another tool to the already quite large list of tools just means you have an even larger list of tools exactly so, yes <laughs> it's quite obvious but that that is that is the thing that we really need to address right we need to make sure that engineers also see the value in this tool and um, that's why we're we're thinking about okay the only way we can drive adoption is by making it immediately immediately useful for teams. And so, one of the ways you could make it very useful is by helping them, for instance, with the thing we talked about initially, uh, creating a service from scratch. Because if that can, if if you can uh, drop the time from a week to a day already, then lots of engineers are going to be happy with that. But what happens then is that service then becomes visible in backstage in a in a catalog. So you can see your service in a list of all the available services, and then we can add more stuff. Then we can add like a green uh, light indicating that your database backups are uh, okay. We can add a bit of information saying, "Hey, your last ten builds were green." Uh, hey, there are five new merge requests pending. Oh, uh, by the way, tomorrow there's going to be maintenance in our uh, data center. Please be aware of this. So we're. Hopefully, we can start integrating all of these different sources one by one, not replacing all of the original touch points. So that's also maybe an important distinction to make. So we're not replacing our metrics platform. We're not replacing our logging platform. We're just providing a nice unified front end for these uh, tools.
1: Uh, If we we can claim the space on the second screen of our engineers, then I think uh, (laughs) we're more
4: than happy. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, in the in the preparation uh, we did uh, we made the note that uh, uh, what is Backstage? Uh, it, it's the the App Store for developer tools, but that would be uh, it's way more than that. If you uh, the way you describe it right now, uh, it's it's a really the go-to place uh, which can uh, yeah, picture all of your needs. Uh,
0: Yes, maybe a good example is um, we have this concept of uh, software engineer on duty at Ball.com. So people can apply for being a software engineer during the nights, during the weekends, making sure that stuff keeps working. Um, But we need a place to manage who's in those uh, groups, and we need to uh, make sure that people are rotated and and stuff like that. So what typically happens at Ball.com is that someone will write a new service to manage this. So that's a new service with a new database, a new front end, and it's another URL that people need to keep track of. Our hope is that at some point people will say, okay, we're going to still have this backend where we store the information about who's the software engineer on duty, but the front end part will just be integrated into backstage. So you know you can as a software engineer on duty, you can just go to backstage, you can get a list of all of the services services that you are responsible for today or this weekend or whatever. But immediately because you are in the same UI anyway, you can also just click on a button to go to that service or to go to it, to the login without having to jump between systems all the time. So it's really designed to be customized by the organizations that use it as well. So it's not just that Spotify says okay these are the plugins that are in backstage and that's that's the only thing you can use. But by design it is intended for organizations to add all of their cool new uh, or custom cool features, and uh, it also helps you to create consistent front end. Um, also for engineers that normally aren't really doing front end, which are typically the platform engineers. And it's not going to be perfect, of course, but it should be easy to make a fairly uh, uh, consistent UI. Exactly. And so there there are lots of steps we
3: can take uh, uh, into several directions of of integrating tools and and, and that could be, yeah, given the uh, large range of tools, yeah, that makes that we also could bring this in all kinds of directions. What are the first steps we're we're taking here? What what, what will be the first uh, things that will be available for the software engineers in the teams?
1: I think, I think like Roy uh, mentioned. It's the getting a setting up a, a new project uh, from scratch uh, to reduce that uh, that time, uh, because that uh, picking up that as a, as an experiment or a hypothesis will help us to prove the value of, of our IDs. Mm-hmm. It will help us to evaluate the um, the feasibility of it. But also, um, and we were referring to the to the infrastructure a couple of times already. And we also want to make a, a very thin layer on top of, uh, of our data center cl- and cloud provider um, uh, with some enforced uh, mandatory uh, rules. Um, and then on top of that, um, provide all the same defaults and, and opinionated best practices, let's say. But that's also something you, you, where you need to find the boundary between the, those two, two layers. And that's also something we uh, we want to uh, to test and experiment with.
4: But but still, uh, if uh, as an engineer I want to start up a project in the cloud, uh, I still need to do my training and my and read the documentation to understand what I'm doing right before you can start using the tools.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, but we do want to move to a situation where you you need less knowledge up front. So right now. Um, Teams they get a lot of power in the cloud, but it also means that you need to know a lot of stuff upfront before you can even do your first uh, deployment, right? You need to do the whole training. You need to figure out how to use all of these tools, um, and that's that's probably a good thing. But it also means that if you are not regularly exercising this new knowledge, then after a few months, if something goes wrong, you've forgotten most of what you've been doing. Uh, so we're trying to sh- change the model a little bit so if you don't care about those infrastructure details then you can still spin up a database or you can still spin up a service but as soon as you uh, need to do a bit more digging into the low level details then you can learn on demand the kind of thing that yeah that you need for that kind of debugging task or whatever it is so the front loading of knowledge hopefully is reduced which also means that if you're new in the company you can be more productive sooner.
1: Yeah, I think I really want to emphasize what Roy is saying here. So it's not hiding complexity away; it's not putting a door in front and lock it in front of all those that complexity. But it's it's preventing people have to uh, uh, be be busy with dealing with uh, those uh, complexities. Um, so I'm I'm always mentioning the example of. And I think we all reached uh, approximately that age. And uh, else, no offense, but uh, <laughs> um, early in the days uh, when when frameworks were into introduced, like Spring, like uh, .Net framework. Uh, before those times, there were n- no such uh, frameworks. And the intent of those frameworks was all to make it easier to uh, take away plumbing and all all the, that stuff and i think we are continuing to see that in the it industry with the uh, emerging uh, cloud providers since um since over a, a couple of decades and it's also shielding away uh, low-level infrastructure from the end user so it's it's becoming more easy and spinning up a machine is is, is really one click uh, has become one click exercise uh, nowadays um But complexity remains at different levels, and that's that's why we still have to, uh, uh, we believe, still have to uh, abstract some things to make it even more easier.
4: Now, so for the for the software engineers, this is really great uh, because they can speed up, uh, spending more time on innovation. Playing devil's advocate, it also means that we have to maintain this, right, and and have to. Uh, get this layer in place with new uh, or changed APIs from the cloud and, and other stuff. So, uh, how do you see that?
1: Um, yeah, that? That's already the case today, I think. Um, yeah, so, solutions like uh, Terraform or or the like, um, uh, which are dependent on changes made by, by cloud providers, we, we, all, we always have those, uh, those dependencies. But the thing is that we want to make the layer on top of our cloud provider uh, thinner, if that's a word, um, and then uh, replace the, those optional business rules and templates with, with something we have. So I don't think we are adding more complexity. I think instead we are reducing complexity of the platform stack.
0: Yeah, also keep in mind that the complexity is now distributed among all these feature teams that do the work. Because if something changes in how the cloud functions, then we need to send a mail to all the Scrum teams saying, Hey, please update, I don't know, some kind of configuration file somewhere. Because there's there has been a change. Um, If we centralize that, then of course the centralized platform teams have more work to do. But it avoids all of these other teams having to do the same work. Uh, over and over again. So that's, that's I think, where the value is. So um, Because we have this thinner layer between the Cloud providers and our platform, um, we reduce time there because we don't need to wrap everything that uh, our Cloud providers provide with our own, um, I don't know, our own special sauce. But we're, we're going to choose like the features of the Cloud provider that bring the most value for the most teams, are going to make using those features easier. So, If you look at um, what cloud providers give, they have things like storage buckets, uh, databases. Um, Those are typically the features that a lot of teams use, so we're going to make sure that those features are going to be really easy. The stuff that uh, only a couple of teams are using, they they might be more complex or they they might be a a bit, bit more difficult to set up. However, because the layer is quite thin. They should be able to just Google the documentation for those features and figure it out themselves. That's that's our at least our hope and belief.
4: <laughs> yeah, so that's that's something yes. we will find out in the in the first steps uh, we are going to take with together with uh, with software engineers on this. Uh, you just described what we are going to do in the first step, uh, but you also said uh, we uh, it, it was something you uh, started. Thinking of uh, already at the beginning of last year. So, what can we already share about learning so far uh, on this? Uh, on this, maybe it's it's a journey, so to say.
0: Uh, so, so for me, as a with an engineering background, like the, the thing I took away is that you cannot change the way an organization works just because you think that's a good idea. Um, it's uh, it's quite a it's a quite significant change to the way we are working, right? And we can also not. You know, overnight change the way we work because there's so much stuff that's already there that we need to keep running, right? Um, but everyone I talked with uh, about on this topic, so they share some of the ideas and some of the they they all have their different uh, small friction points that they think a tool like this could address or this this way of working. And um, to me, that that's is like a validation of like, okay, we're we're not sure yet how this is going to pan out, how it's going to work, yeah, at, at the large scale that we are at. But definitely, some engineers are going to be helped by this, um, and that's I think a really positive uh, aspect. Hey, and and let's say that that
3: that one of the, these teams, or or that as a, as an engineer manager working for. Um, multiple teams, I see that they have like a common problem and like the the typical solution to solve a common problem was to yeah, maybe in a hackathon or whatever, come up with a tool that would help these teams with that. And maybe it would be such a cool team that not only my teams and Peter's teams, but like, let's say 80% of the teams could use it. What would be the approach for that now? When we use Backstage, would it be like a possibility to develop it as like a plugin for Backstage, or what? What? What?
0: would the way of working be there? Uh, pretty much that what you describe. Yes. So um, I, I think one of the nice things about working at Bulletcom is that you have hackathons, and they're actually <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're they're not just there for show, but people actually build useful stuff, um, and that's one of the things that we want to make even more open than than. Uh, they are now at the platform so if you want to do stuff with the cloud you can more easily do this because this uh, this layer is much more thin so you can just play around with new google uh, features or other cloud features um, and on the backstage side so on the uh, engineering productivity side yes of course you can just create a plugin for backstage and if it looks great then we can incorporate it and you know uh, one of the We've been working on this for a while now, just setting up Backstage and getting it connected to our environment. And we've already upstreamed a couple of things to the uh, to the open source community. For instance, we are using GitLab internally, so there was not a lot of support for GitLab uh, in Backstage already, but now there is. And I think that in the large scheme of things, it will also make sure that bold.com can contribute back Uh, maybe a hackathon project is really useful and eventually makes its way upstream. Um, Yeah, I think we should encourage that.
1: Yeah, so encourage and also embrace that innovation uh, culture. So um, I think with Backstage, uh, but there are similar solutions uh, out there uh, for if if listeners are interested, but it provides this plugin mechanism that teams can, uh, can build their own plugins and uh, contribute to the portal. Now, one thing that is really important is to uh, safeguard the experience, and because uh, the problem now is that, of course, we have 50 plus touch points, uh, meaning 50 plus user interfaces, all different. And uh, I think if you are with bold.com for a, for a while, you see also innovation happening in our uh, user uh, interfaces, and we plenty of tools uh, therefore holding different uh, different user interface. Yeah. having one interface, uh, one look and feel uh, will co- also contribute to to an identity of the company and also um, um, yeah something that we have to to, to guard uh, and help teams with uh, to build in the same uh, look and feel but also same uh, flow interaction flow.
4: You say to safeguard the experience, but what I hear is that you say, well, right now the experience is is kind of all over the place with different experience. We yeah. have to we have to find one experience again and then safeguard yeah. that one. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: So really
0: yeah. unified,
1: unified experience.
4: Yeah. yeah. So so if we're talking about
0: reducing the amount of touch points, what, what we don't want is that you have a, a single portal with fifty different tabs. Uh, <laughs> right. So then you,
4: yeah, then
1: you can use your browser's uh, bookmarks.
0: Uh. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So so it's really combining all of the information of these different services into one cohesive uh,
4: whole. Yeah, and now and, and now going back to where we started eh, with the engineering productivity. Um, when you safeguard this unified experience, then you you uh, you ensure that this will be the go-to place. And if, if that works fine, then you really can uh, benefit from it as a software engineer. And then you will get the ability to spend more time on your innovations. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Hey, yeah, um, it's that time again, uh, Peter-Paul, to, uh, to go to the famous last... Uh, right yeah, before so we go to so the so question... Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah
3: then you ask me always if I have one more
4: question. One more question, question
3: left, yeah. I have one more question left. And then we go to the closing, because in one of the other episodes, we talked yeah. about the tool that we created, which is called uh, discover.bol.io. I basically can also get yeah lots of information about some of the services that are running and, and stuff like that. Is that also one of the things that you would like to integrate or how would you relate Backstage to a tool like that?
0: Uh... Uh, backstage is, is uh, quite similar to this, uh, Discover in that sense. So it's also intended to be a catalog of uh, services that you are running. Um, so uh, I, I would say that yeah, the conceptually it's quite similar, um, except backstage just layers much more extra features on top of the knowledge uh, of the landscape. So instead of just being an overview of which services there are, you could also yeah, like I mentioned earlier, you could add information about the software engineer on duty. You could add information about vulnerabilities further, further in containers that are being used by that service. Um, so it's like a superset of all of these uh, tools.
1: Yeah, and then you're mentioning Discover, but we have, of course, other solutions. Think of cost control dashboards or uh, IT control dashboards.
3: Um, yeah. huge control
4: dashboards, stuff like that.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah.
4: It's also something that uh, our architects were going to use uh, to to define, the, for instance, this, the the way we organize our landscape in surface uh, perspective. It could definitely help uh,
0: visualize what's already there. So, um, depending on uh, how we set it up, you you know, you could also get information about which services are communicating live uh, with each other. Um, so, I think in that sense, it could be. Uh, a very good tool also to get a feel of what the landscape is doing at a certain moment in time and that could also inform maybe an architect to say hey this service is really like is, has become a very central component in our landscape which we didn't anticipate so maybe we should spend some uh, time making it more scalable i don't know those kind of uh, questions uh, could be answered
1: I think one hot topic uh, within the architecture space is uh, if you roll out or if you set up a microservices uh, uh, architecture, which we've done for many years now, um, you also get into a kind of spaghetti uh, situation. Um, So we're now more looking at uh, bounded context in terms of grouping those microservices. So in the end, uh, this this dashboarding could very much help with uh, getting that information uh, transparent. How many dependencies are there between bounded context? Um, uh, what is what is going on between uh, products or, or those contexts? Uh, things like that.
4: Okay, cool. Yeah, I started off again with new questions. So, Peter Paul, <laughs> once more, do you have questions left before we go to the closing round? No,
3: no. So, uh, yeah, the, no. The closing round. It's time for the closing round. What's your most important takeaway? For me, the most important thing so I,
1: also in, in, in earlier in my career, I've been working with with uh, with, with 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 dashboards or, or portals uh, making sure that people using the system are informed and in control. and I'm really looking forward and I really think it's important to to make this step to uh, uh, to to make another uh, uh, improvement in in our landscape.
0: Yeah, for me, it's it's the thing that portals used to be like this, trying to to own everything, right? So, if you want to do something in your organization, it has to go via this portal. And what I really like about this new approach is that you know we we're keeping all of the existing tools. So we're just slowly migrating how people are using the tools. Um, so it's not a big bang. We can just gradually uh, work on it, and uh, that's something I'm really looking forward to.
4: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, great to to hear. Indeed, it's uh, we have portals for our sellers. We have portals for our internal uh, uh, commercial guys working on, on yeah. stuff. Uh, so this is the the new portal for yeah. uh, for tech uh, people in in bol.com. That sounds promising, and I really like it because I have many. Times discussions with uh, for instance when we onboard new uh, software engineers in the teams uh, where where should they start uh, what, what is the list and the, the team itself is defining their the, the onboarding plan uh, but yeah they're they're going to the same steps but also uh, the, a couple of months ago one of my teams started with the migration of a, a service from the data center towards the cloud and indeed they were struggling with these these steps like you described so I like this uh, this uh, approach and but also the fact that you are dead aware that it shouldn't be just uh, here's the, the portal and it, it, this solves everything now there's a whole uh, way of thinking and change management uh, of the organization behind it so i uh, really looking forward to, uh, to the next steps and uh, hopefully uh, it also gives the, the people outside world.com uh, the ideas and uh, um, yeah things to, to work with uh, as well so yeah Great to hear. Thanks for your time uh, to share with us, guys.
1: Thanks for having
3: us.
4: Thanks, guys. Exactly.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like the episode, check some of the others. Go to Spotify or iTunes, search for TechLab, and subscribe. Leave a five-star review so others can find the podcast easier and spread the word. We like interactions. So if you have any questions or suggestions, find us on Twitter, LinkedIn or mail techlab at bol.com. Hope to meet you in our next episode. Have fun.